630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's a blowout. The Edmonton Oilers stomped in Toronto. The Maple Leafs taking this game 6-2. It started well for the Oilers. Pretty solid first period. They got a brilliant goal from Leon Dreisaitl, his 39th of the season. The Leafs did get a late one, but after the first period, it was 1-1. The Oilers had a 16-10 advantage in shots on goal, and you're thinking, okay, it's looking not bad. They're playing well. Well, it went bad really fast early in the second period. The Leafs got three goals in the first 450 of the second period. Miko Koskinen was pulled. Then the Leafs got another one on a power play. All of a sudden, it was 5-1. It added up to five goals in 10 minutes and seven seconds for the Maple Leafs. Tavares and Nugent Hopkins rounding out the goal scoring in the third period. It's 7.57. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. The Oilers record on the season sinking to 26 30 and 7. The Maple Leafs up their record to 39 20 and 4. Frederick Anderson, the winning goaltender, 34 saves on 36 shots for uh, the Oilers. Koskinen, four goals on 16 shots. Anthony Stellars makes his first appearance as an Oiler. He allows two goals on 20 shots. Well, Rob, the promising start turned into a horrific finish and really I mentioned this the the stat there and we have seen this many many times for the Oilers this season when they are outplayed it just goes completely out of control five goals in 10 minutes and seven seconds for Toronto yeah the Oilers started well they got the lead that they they wanted they didn't want to chase you don't chase teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs because they expose you when you start uh, trying to cheat uh, they played a pretty good first period. They got chances. They kept pucks in deep. They limited. Uh, at one point, I remember Jack saying on the, the broadcast, you know, I haven't mentioned Matthews, Tavares, or Marner much in this game. And it was true in the first, you know, 16, 17 minutes of the first period, they didn't really get much because the Oilers were doing the right things, getting pucks in deep, uh, very good on the back pressure, uh, quick outs when the puck came into their own zone. But they give up a late goal. Uh, in the first period, and the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had nothing going in the first period, go in 1-1. They have a, a regroup, realize they got to come out better, and they certainly did in the second period. And then the Oilers, big mistakes. Um, misreading, miscommunicating, not getting the save they needed. And as you said, when the Oilers go bad, they go bad in a big way. They don't have a bad shift and then park it and come out the next shift and push forward again. Their bad shift turns into two, three, four, five, and eventually puts themselves out of the hockey game. 6-2, Toronto taking it, and I, I think we saw the this one of the many problems for the Oilers uh, rear its head again tonight. you got Drysettle scoring. I mentioned his 39th. Nugent Hopkins scores his 20th. He gets to 56 points to tie a career high. And you have the the layered defense that we've seen against McDavid, and then the the other players. Just even even if the depth players play well, they don't get scoring chances. And if they do get a scoring chance, there's not the finish. I mean, again, the first period the Oilers had zone time. They had four checking, but the puck never really gets put to the net in a dangerous way. You might get a 
you know, you might get a, a low percentage centering pass. You might get a shot from the outside, but they just don't have the creativity and the depth that a lot of other teams do, and, and the Leafs, one of the many examples. Well, you look at the Leafs tonight. We talked about 10 of their 12 forwards get points. Brown, who's on their third line, he scored 20 goals in the NHL before. Uh, you look at the Oilers' depth up front. Uh, they got Sam Gagne, who was playing on your first line, and give him credit for working his way back up there, but Sam's been a minor leaguer this season. Your second line, you got a guy who hadn't scored in 20 games and a guy that hadn't scored all season. Your third line, you have two guys that spent most of the season in the minors with Milan Lucic, who's got five goals in his last 90 games, I think. And then on your fourth line, you got Kyle Brodzik, who's, you know, he's, he's nearing the end of his career. He's not a goal scorer, playing with uh, Cassian, who has been better as of late, but still... Uh, he's a fourth-line player, and on the other side, you have another guy that played in the minors. So uh, the Oilers, as hard as their depth players can play and as hard as their depth players can can work, they're not guys that when they get one scoring chance, it's in the back of the net, and that's the problem for the Oilers. Uh, they can work and work and work and have four, five, six really good shifts in a row, and they'll have zero beside them. And the opposition, Toronto tonight, will get one scoring chance, it's in the net, because the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Chicago Blackhawks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. I can name a num- number of teams. They've got guys that have scored at this level before. Mm-hmm. So when they get their chances, they, there's no panic. They know how to do it. it it's all instinctive where the others don't have that luxury outside of their top three players. Well, and, and I think that that is... A, a big reminder and that to me that's the overall theme of the season and and we talk to a lot of people and we get asked about effort or we get asked about the Oilers uh, confidence level feeling good about themselves all that and I'm sure they don't feel good about themselves after a game like this but I mean the bottom line is they don't have good enough players I mean we've seen the this Oilers roster work pretty hard most of the last Eight games, probably, and they've only, you know they they've only won a couple of those games, and mm-hmm. and one of them was uh, was an overtime. I mean, they have one regulation win. Uh, so yeah, sure. I, I mean, look, I I'm the, and you just talk about it all the time, and I interview people about it all the time. I, I, any athlete at any level will tell you confidence is a part of yes, it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But this Oilers team feeling better about themselves or feeling more confident going to games is not going to turn them into a top 10 team in the National Hockey League. And, and I mean, look, I think they, they realistically, they, they know what they're going into games with. Mm-hmm. You guys know who they are. I'm sure there's guys that maybe wouldn't say it, but know in the back of their minds, oh, man, I've never played this high in a lineup before, or I've never been asked to do this before. So, yeah, that factors into it, but it all goes back to roster's not good enough. Well, if, if you just go head-to-head tonight, so the Connor McDavid say he goes against the Tavares line tonight, uh, both that line should be close to a soft. you got Connor, who's fantastic, New just having a great year, and Sam, and then you go into Tavares is playing with Marner. So that'd be a soft. And then you start going down the lineup. The other second line has two guys that have zero goals in their last 23 games with Leon, and they're going head-to-head with Matthews, who's, uh, I mean, he's an all-star. So all of a sudden that line's got, and who's Matthews playing with? Kapanen, who's got 20 goals on the season. Matthews and Hyman, who I, I and guess. And Johnson got two tonight. And then on, you go down to the next line. So and, the third line is Nylander, Marlowe, and Brown. So there, The Oilers was Cave, Lucic, and Curry. Lucic, who at, at one point was a, a really good player, like you mentioned, can't score. 
Keith two- spent most of his mm-hmm. career in the minors, been an up and down type player. And Josh Curry. I mean, I'm not going to criticize Josh Curry no, for not so, scoring an NHL game. He's just come up so to the NHL again. So they could that line can with, with, with Lucic, Curry, and they can work as hard as they want. But if the other team matches their work ethic, they're going to win 100 times out of 100. They're, they're better. I mean, Marlowe's got what 300, 400 goals in his career, uh, playing with. Kapanen, who just signed a $6 million a year contract because they feel he's going to be a star in this league for many, many years. And he's they say he's having he's struggling right now. He's got 11 points in his last 14 games. So here's a guy almost a point a game who's struggling. And Brown is the other winger on that line, I think it is. And he's, got, he's had a 20-goal season in the National Hockey League. Their fourth line, Tyler Ennis is on their fourth line. He's had a couple. Now, this is just off the top of my head. He's got a couple 50-point seasons. In Buffalo, and like, even he's got nine goals this season again, which would be one of the, which would be a decent total on the Oilers. So that fourth line, it, it, it so as 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 hard as the Oilers work, and and as well as they play, they're just out of their depth when they play against good teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, and that's the problem right now for the Oilers. Is there's games where they they can dominate for stretches, but unless the puck at the right moment is on the stick of three players, yeah, they're not capitalizing. Yeah, and plus they couldn't kill a penalty tonight. Which is to, that. Which which is another problem this season. The Leafs go three for five on the power play, and they got another goal five seconds after an Oilers penalty expired. So if you don't win the special, if the Oilers don't win the special teams battle most nights, they're, they're not going to have it. Well, and, and when we talk about things that need to be fixed this summer, uh, scoring depth is obviously at the top uh, of the list. They need to find. They need wingers. But the Oilers also, when you have role players, and the Oilers have a bunch of role players on the team because they got three stars and every other forward is a role player, your role players have to have something that they're good at. And most teams, if you look at them, they'll have their two stars will play penalty killing, but they also have four guys that are role players that are penalty killers. Well, the Oilers' role players aren't good enough penalty killers, and that's not because this year it's not good. This is something that's been going on for two, three years. The role players aren't getting it done in the penalty killing. They've got to find better penalty killers. Now that's also going to be harder to do than than you would think. Hey, let's go get that guy because the others don't have money to spend. So yeah, and they brought in Brodziak to help with that, and it hasn't, hasn't worked. Helped. So and uh, you know not that and Jujar is out injured. Uh, you but know, even when he's in the lineup, I mean, he's in the lineup. They're they're a bad penalty better, killing team. So. Yeah, so 6-2, the Leafs absolutely take it to the Oilers tonight. Uh, as I mentioned, game started well for the Oilers. Dreisaitl scored a really nice goal. Edmonton had the uh, advantage of the play in the first period, but it was tied 1-1, and then Toronto just takes control after that. And quite frankly, the last 27 minutes of this game were, I'm not going to say <laughs> run on the clock, but close. Well, and, and it is, and I, I've been in games like that on both sides. Yeah. Where you look at the score clock and you're like, you cannot wait for the game 10, whether you're winning or losing. Because you're right now, you're thinking, I, I don't want to get hurt. I just want this game to end. Uh, we know we've won. They know we've won. And, or the opposite. I know they've won. We know we've lost. Let's get this game over. And it just becomes, uh, well, it becomes sloppy. And neither coach likes that because the winning team all of a sudden makes silly mistakes. And the losing team all of a sudden is just, I mean... They don't even want whistles anymore. They're yelling at their goalie, play it, play it, play it, just so you can get out of the arena. All right, 6-2, the Leafs win over the Oilers. If Edmonton ever gets to five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown 
north side and Sherwood Park. We will have post-game reaction from the Oilers dressing room in a few minutes. You can also reach us at 780-496-0063. And we have Dean standing by. Dean, thanks a lot for calling. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am quite prepared, if this keeps on going, that Connor, by the time he's 25 years old, will want to trade to Toronto. You know, here about, I, I can't remember when you said, okay, Ovechkin... It took him, what, 14, 15 years to win a cup. But the major difference, and as, as, at least he made the playoffs, okay? These guys, they're not even getting a sniff. With the wasting of Connor McDavid, it's just uh, it's, it's a it's a travesty, really, you know? And I, I just can't believe, I, I, I don't know, I've watched 2,000-plus games in my life, and I've never seen a team that has such an ultra-superstar as Connor McDavid and nobody else, well, dry title. Other than that, you know, Bobby Orr, you had Phil Esposito, you had Hodge, you had Cheevers, Guy Lafleur had Steve Shutt, uh, Gretzky, goes on and on and on. This team here, I, I can see them basement dwellers for the next five years. Well, there's a lot of work to do, and I mean, we were just talking about it. After those those three players, there's uh, most of the other guys on the roster are playing well above where they should be slotted. And, and a lot of them would at best be AHL, NHL tweeners. So that's why I'm not going to tear apart work ethic or nope. or a lack of finish for uh, some of those type players. Like, I don't know if Connor McDavid is ever going to want to be t- traded. He's signed the long-term... Well, Toronto can't afford him, so he well, can't Toronto go there. Toronto couldn't afford him in the next, uh, next <laughs> Number of while. years, yeah. I mean, the Oilers are going to have a new GM. They're going to have a new coach, and away we'll go again in the summer, somebody trying to uh, repair the problems on the team. And they're going to have their, their hands full because it's not going to be easy. they got contracts that they need to get rid of that nobody wants. Yep. Uh, and they've got, yeah, yeah they got depth issues. they got to somehow address it. I don't know how they're going to do it. Someone that's going to come out in is going to have to be creative. And I think that's what they're going to look for, someone that can think outside the box because uh, right now you got a lot of, you know, square pegs going into round holes and they just ain't fitting. Well, no, you got a lot of question marks. And, I mean, we still don't really know what Koskinen is as a goaltender. Nope. We've seen him be very up and down this season. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's signed for for three years. So a, a new GM is going to be kind of forced to have him as, as his goaltender, at least for the foreseeable future. Well, yeah, I mean, at $4.5 million, you're not going to bring someone else in. You can't afford to. So... Um, we have seen him be very good. We have seen him be a little inconsistent. The one thing that we've seen uh, maybe a little too much of thus far is the short side goals. Uh, guys from, you know, a couple of feet out from just behind the, the goal line stick their stick out and come in the side there. We saw the one tonight. Now, every once in a while, all goalies will be beat in areas where they probably shouldn't be beat. But when it becomes a problem that's a little more consistent than, than the norm, that's when you get a little bit worried. But hopefully these are things that you can correct. Uh, and they'll have plenty of time to do it because he's got a new three-year deal. So uh, Koskinen is the guy for their, the remainder of the season and for the coming seasons uh, for the for foreseeable future. All right, 6-2 Toronto over the Oilers tonight. We have Alex on line two. Go ahead, Alex. Hi there, guys. How are you? Good. Well, you know, it's a, a reoccurring theme here what everyone talks about. The obvious is, you know, this lack of scoring on the wing and, uh, you know, this team being so out of whack. I mean... 
you know, obviously uh, the last GM made a lot of what I call reach moves, panic moves, whatever you want to call it. And uh, it started with giving a 16th and 33rd overall pick in the Conor McDraft, Conor McDavid draft when you reached to get uh, Reinhardt. And, you know, I thought at that point there he was nuts to do that. You should have got an everyday player that could uh, jump in and play right away without cost. You know, obviously the uh, the uh, the hall. Alex, Alex, we, we, I mean, I'm not. We we no, know all this, and the guy's been fired. So, what do you have about today? No, no, going, I, going I wanna, ahead. I want to say my theme is this: uh, the impatience of trading Hall for uh, uh, for a defensive defenseman, and then uh, the Lucic move with that you know the big money. What where I'm going with this is the new management is going to have to be patient. A whole Oiler uh, fan base is going to have to be patient. It's pretty hard to talk, tell that to the the, the guy who pays the big money to uh, to go in there. But that's what they're going to have to do. You mentioned being creative. The biggest thing is to be patient because it's going to take a, at least two or three years just to try to figure out the cap. And then there's you've got five defensemen making big money now, including the nurse contract. And then right at the very end, right to the very end, they gave this guy four and a half million to the goalie, like. Like it, this year has just been a joke, and uh, it continues on when you sign a goaltender like that for four and a half, an unproven NHL goalie, uh, you know. And so, yeah, it's going to take a lot of work. Uh, the obvious is going to have to happen. One of those defensemen that making that kind of money is going to have to go. And Lucic, I don't know what they're going to do. I, I do Lucic is going nowhere. Lucic, yeah, I do. I do have a question for you. Remember yep. how uh, when Vegas got in the in the expansion draft and everyone was. Uh, they were getting first rounders or second rounders, and they were taking their uh, uh, people who are making money and and stuff like that. Is do you think that's could could that happen? Could Lucci's go to Seattle and say, "Here's our first rounder"? Or I, th- I think that's possible. I, I think that ultimately could be how Lucic leaves Edmonton. Still, was that two years away though? Uh, it, well, for next at the end of next season, I guess. Yeah. So it's another year with Lucci. I get. I mean, it's yeah, a I think possibility. He's, I think he's here, now, and he has to waive his, his no move, too. I mean, you can't just say, because remember, for the expansion draft, you can't claim players, or you but, have to protect players with no move clauses unless they, they waive it. But you're giving up something to get rid of them, correct? You're, tell, you're giving them something. Possibly, some, yeah. yeah. You, might, you might have to sweeten it. And that's, I mean, that's right now, that's just a hope that someone's going to do that still. That's not, right. that's not like the, the GM could come in and say, all right, here's how we're going to do it. you got to hope someone else wants to do it too. Right. 6-2, Toronto Maple Leafs over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. They blow it open with uh, four goals in the second period tonight after it was 1-1 after the first period. Okay, we have Carson on the line as well. Hey, Carson. Okay. Hello. I have uh, kind of after the, of course, the three-goal collapse, I kind of calm and recover to kind of get my thoughts straight before I made this call. But I, over the past 10 games, we've played relatively well, so I don't want to get too negative. I mean, um, as far as looking at what we have to do for next year, obviously, I don't think I had, Brian Burke kind of mentioned it yeah, about a week ago that it, it's probably not as big as some people would think because you got your big pieces in play. I mean, when most people are doing a rebuild, it's a massive process because you don't have any of the stars, right? Those yep. are what you're after. So, you know, three or four new top six, top nine guys, I mean, it's not the end of the world to have to acquire that. Well, okay, um, okay, just uh, one second on that. So I, you're, absolutely, uh, you're absolutely right that the Oilers are ahead of the game because they have stars. The problem that they have 
is to, to fill out the other nine spots up front is the Oilers' contracts. So the Oilers can't just say, okay, we need this, 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 and this. They can't do that because they got contracts. The Oilers are, at one point, were second in the National Hockey League this year in salary. I don't know, maybe they're third or fourth now. They got contracts they can't get rid of. So yeah, that's it, why it's hard for them to bring new guys in. It seems, yeah, like there's going to be some challenges, but I was just trying to say, like, you know, we could be starting out with no McDavid, no Dry that are like Ottawa Senators, you know, who don't have that, right, in a much different situation. So uh, yeah. the other point I wanted to make tonight, I, I, I got to call McDavid out. I mean, that first goal was on him. Instead of playing stops and starts, he circled on his defense covering, and that was the cause of the first goal. So I don't think he should get off the hook on that one. Um, and for Rob, I just want to know, was the first, like, I thought we played great in the first, was did the second, third period, we didn't play well, or was it more that Toronto didn't play good in the first? Thanks, what, Carson. Was it a, uh, I, I think it's... Yeah, I think good. I mean, good questions and good thoughts on that. Um, I think it's a combination of both. I think in the first period, Edmonton played well. They played simple. They made uh, smart plays. Uh, didn't turn the puck over. Were strong on the back check. They have to play a perfect game because they're not as good as Toronto. So you've got to play perfect. And the Leafs came out and they were a little flat. They scored a big goal at the end of the first period. They got them a little bit of momentum going in. Second period, the others or the Leafs pushed. And when they pushed, the Oilers weren't good enough. And then the Oilers started, you talked about Connor, cheating on a, on a play, turning the wrong way. There was the, I think, the one where uh, Matthews came across the middle. Benning came with him because that was his man. And then I think it was Connor on the back check. His man was the one that snuck in and scored the back, back open net goal. Uh, the Oilers started cheating, started uh, miscommunicating in their own zone. And Toronto, uh, good teams, they feed off of that. If they feel they got a team on the run, if they feel it's, they got a team on the ropes, they push a little harder. And the one thing that we've seen this year, when teams give it that extra push, the Oilers aren't able to combat it. They just aren't strong enough. They just aren't deep enough. So uh, I think in the first period, Edmonton played very good. Toronto was average. I think in the second period, the Leafs were better, and the Oilers just couldn't handle it. So next season... The projected salary cap is $83 million, Mm -hmm. and the Oilers have already a projected cap hit of around $72 million, and that's with 16 players. So that's about $12, $13 million on seven or eight players. I mean, depending. um, So, I mean, that's not bringing in... I know these players aren't free agents, but they need somebody like Mike Hoffman, Evander Kane. Mm-hmm. Um, the, who else? Some guys, guys off the like. You, that's that's their challenge. They is, they can't bring well, well, like just they, a good say. What would a, a a a good player in the NHL makes? What five million? Would that be fair? Yeah, uh, yeah, four to five. Four to five sure, million. If it's like a so if you've support got, score. Yeah, type, so if you sure. got $12 million, if you bring in one of those players, now you got $7 million to give your other seven Six players. Seven players, yeah. So that's that, the problem. That's the challenge. I mean, everybody everybody watching the orders with any regularity and all the other people who could possibly be candidates to be the GM know the problems. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're, they're going to believe they whoever gets the job is going to believe he can fix it. But that's for for specifically for next season. Uh, that's the challenge. They need six that's, that's six players at about eleven million dollars. Right. So just if you break it down, that's less than two million dollars a player. So you're, for two million dollars, you're not getting a lot of 
Yeah. And stars. go through, and I'm sure people do that. I mean, we, we, we have, obviously, people are crazy about hockey here, but when they play another team or all be looking at stats or looking at a summary, and this is the time of year where you'll see a lot of players that you don't think are you know that good, you think mm-hmm. they're okay, that are up around 17, 19, 21 goals. Right where mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh, geez, that guy. I didn't realize he scores that. But but they but guys do. And then again, that's the issue for the Oilers. So the if if you had somebody who didn't watch the Oilers a lot, and then tuned into this game, they would think, oh yeah, I, I've heard of those guys. Oh, Chaseon has 17 goals, mm-hmm. but now he hasn't scored in 20 games. I mean, so the Oilers really have only one of those guys, and credit to him. But he got it all in the first half of the season. So the Oilers need. Two more Alex Chasons, but you're probably not going to be fortunate enough to find them on PTOs in the fall. They're gonna, yeah, well, you're going to need probably more than two. I think. Yeah, you, well, well, you, yeah, right, you right, would right. need more than yeah. two for them to be a good team in this league, because two players only gives you two lines. They well, still we would start somewhere. We yeah. have two before we have three. <laughs> that is true. No, actually, the Oilers have several candidates for a decent fourth line. <laughs> so that's. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true, uh, but but also what you need. In the new NHL, when your star players make big money. And if you look at all the best teams, Toronto has huge money tied up in three or four players. Uh, the Oilers got, you know, two players with big money, with Drysaddle and, and McDavid. And you go through, you know, Chicago's got two guys making $21 million. Minnesota's got two guys making uh, $20 million, I think it is, Parisi and, and Suter. But what you need in this NHL is you need young players to come up on their first contracts and contribute, mm-hmm. and that's been a problem for the Oilers. Their young, their young players didn't pan out. Pugliarvi couldn't become a regular at the National Hockey League level. Yamamoto hasn't become a regular yet at the the National Hockey League level. They need one or two of those players to be able to step up next year. And despite the success of the Condors, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, four or five guys off that team just slide in at the beginning of next year." Like that's still a big jump. There, even, even if they. Win the AHL title. That's still a big jump for those guys. Well, I, I think they're going to contribute at the start of next season. I, I'm going to say right now that on that team, maybe one player that's on that team right now will start the season here next year. That's my guess right now. So you'd now. probably be picking from maybe either Yamamoto, Jones, or yep. Benson maybe? I don't think Benson, no. Probably not at the start of the year. And I don't even know if Yamamoto, maybe Jones. I, I honestly, the, I, one at the most. I don't know if any of the. I don't know if any of those players will be with the Oilers next year. The Oilers, unless they move a defenseman in the off season, they've got six defensemen all under contract for next year. Plus so, Manning, who's down there. Plus, yeah. So, well, yeah, Ma- yeah. Manning who's making two and a half million. So yep. you got six up here, one down there at two and a half million. So I, I, I don't know if a defense. And you got Bouchard coming in. So I don't think any of those guys are, are going to make it. And then up front, I'm not sure Yamamoto's yet ready to play at the National Hockey League level. Because the problem when you bring a young player up, the Oilers are not good enough to be able to um, shelter a young player and put him in a, uh, with a couple of veterans, you know, bring him along slowly at the National Hockey League level. We're not going to have high expectations for him. This year, Raddy, Pugliarvi, and Yamamoto. They were your one, two, three right wingers when mm-hmm. the season started. And that was just way too much pressure for players that had never produced at this level. And, and it showed once they got out of the exhibition season, got into the regular season, once everything's ramped up a bit, they're playing against real NHL players, they weren't capable of producing at the level that they were needed to produce at. So they were put in too much of a pressured situation. So I think that the next GM is going to come in here and he's going to 
pull back a bit and say, all right, we're going to wait until the players are fully ready, maybe over ready. And then when they come up, they can contribute, unfortunately, for Oilers fans. Yeah, it's more waiting. Yes. And the problem when, with, with the waiting for where the G- new GM comes in and says, you got to wait, the fans, well, we've been waiting forever, but this G- new GM is going to, well, yeah, that, I wasn't that, here that, before. And that's the problem. Yeah. yeah. And, that's, and up speaking of Brian Burke, he was saying that on Bob's show two or three weeks ago that the new GM, he hasn't experienced what's going to be. 12 of 13 years out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And as we've often said, most years distantly out of the playoffs. Yep. I mean, except for a couple of years, they haven't been missing by three points. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the tough situation for that guy. He's got a fan base that is beaten down and frustrated and, and angry. But he's it's day one for him mm-hmm. whenever, whenever he gets the job. So that's going to be an unenviable position for sure. 6-2 Maple Leafs ring up the Oilers tonight. We have Mike at 780-496-0063. Hey, Mike. Hi there, how you doing? Good. I got a couple questions for you guys. First of all, what do you guys think about possibly getting like Bet Burns for trade for R and H? Well, I think that would even add more money to the cap. So for I, one, yeah, and, and possibly like that third round pick or something. Well, the problem for that is the the Oilers are, are they're they're deeper on the back end than they are up front. I mean, you t- all of a sudden you bring Brent Birds in, all right, that's going to help you on your back end. But now you've just taken one of your only three players that can score, and he's making eight million a year until he's thirty nine. So that ain't going to happen. Oh, whoa! Uh, and my second question was, what about maybe bringing in Steve Eisman as coach for next year. Who? Instead of the CEO or whatever. Sorry, we didn't sorry, hear we you. Lost, you lost you there. Oh, sorry. What about thinking about maybe putting Steve Eisman for coach next year for the Oilers? He, he won't coach. Oh, yeah, he's not a coach. He's not he's, a coach. He's gone. Yeah, he's, he's a general manager. He's, and gone, he's gone the management route. And I can't uh, see him coming to Edmonton. He left Tampa Bay, the best team in the National Hockey League. I mean, it'd be he, interesting if Ken Holland goes to Seattle. I mean, this is just speculation, yeah. and could Eiserman go to Detroit? We're going to finish the play with Mike. He's already got an eight-day parking pass at EIA, courtesy Jet Set Parking, the best price on Edmonton Airport parking. Book online at jetsetparking.com and self-park for as low as five ninety-eight per day with promo code CHED. We would also like to put your name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting. Safe adrenaline-pumping fun, fasttrackkartingedmonton.com. And then it's turned over by Oshaganov. Here's Lucci. Fires, block shot, rebound in front, and a glove save made on Colby Cave from point blank range by Freddie Anderson. All right, Mike, that is Colby Cave from Battleford, Saskatchewan. Did he play his major junior hockey in Swift Current or London? He is from Um, Battleford, Saskatchewan. Did he play his major junior in Swift Current or London? I'd say Swift Current. You would absolutely be right. Stay on the line and Kellen can take down. You know who could have used him the other day was the Swift Current Broncos in the game, that was the hockey one. hooky game. Yeah. yeah, 11-1, the Oil Kings beat Swift Current on, uh, well, it started at 11 in the morning. Yeah, it was not a, a good day for Swift Current, but a good day for all. My daughter was at that game. She was oh, sitting good. in the stands and had a ton of fun. Oil Kings are having a good year. They are having a Condors very good year. are having a good year. U of A once again having a good year. Uh, Oilers not as they get their 30th regulation loss tonight. By the way, the Condors play Friday against the Iowa Wild. Oil Kings play Friday against Medicine Hat. The Golden Bears in Saskatoon to face the Saskatchewan Huskies in the Canada West Championship. They do have a spot in Nationals, so mm-hmm. this will Where are the Nationals the this year? 
In Lethbridge. Oh, cool. So Lethbridge is in, but they'll be the eighth seed. Probably will play the Maritime champion in the uh, first round at single elimination. As we check the scoreboard for Edmonton Trailer, drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. In the NHL tonight, the Calgary Flames win again. They beat the New Jersey Devils 2-1. The Lightning knock off the Rangers 4-3 in overtime. Hedman with the winner, 49th win of the season for the Lightning. No score, Chicago and Anaheim early, and the Avalanche up 2-1 on Vancouver. That's after the first period. All right, more of your phone calls. We'll get some post-game reaction from the Oilers' dressing room as well. Ugly one for Edmonton tonight. Toronto taking it to the Oilers, 6-2 the final. Presented by Osmond Auction, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan. Alander didn't get a shot away. Riley, what timer Matthews and a save made by Stolars. All right, there's a save of the game. Anthony Stolars, first appearance as an Edmonton Oiler. Oilers beaten badly, 6-2 by the Maple Leafs. Koskinen was pulled. He allowed four goals on 16 shots. The save of the game presented by Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. Let's go back to Toronto. Here's Hitch period for your club in the first period uh, just maybe talk about what changed in the second onward uh, well the first period that's the best we've played on the road we did everything perfect we took a poor penalty at the end of the first um, and then paid for it they scored on that power play and our, our penalties and our penalty killing hurt us tonight a lot gave them a lot of momentum left their good players on the ice it wasn't a 6-2 hockey game but they got a lot of finishers over there, and that's what the score ended up. But, you know, it's disappointing to play that well in the first period and come out 1-1, and it's really on us. You know, we, we couldn't take that penalty at that time. We did. They got it right at the end of the period. And then, uh, you know, I think after they scored their third goal, we are in a little bit of shock. And it uh, seemed like every puck was going in our net and every mistake we were paying for. And... But it's uh, to me, it's we took too many undisciplined penalties, and we couldn't get them killed. Okay, thanks. All right, there's the summary from Hitch. Well, yeah, we talked about the penalty killing. I mean, the Oilers' penalty killing has been bad for two years. Well, even the second half of the playoff year wasn't that great. They came into tonight 76%, so they only kill two out of five tonight. So they'll they may be. We'll have to check the stats in the morning. They may be last in the PK by the time we wake up in the morning. Uh, they did get a power play to goal goal today from Dreisaitl. Edmonton won for two on the power play. Leafs win at 6-2 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. The Oilers are back at it tomorrow. They will take on the Ottawa Senators. We have Raymond on line one. Go ahead, Raymond. Hi. Hello. Hi. Are you there? Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Hi. Okay. Yeah, I just had a quick question. I didn't really get to watch the game or tune into the game uh, today. Uh, was Clefbaum injured or was he playing today? He played. He played. He played. Yep. He was okay. good to go. He was good to go. And how how was his play with uh, after being flashed on the uh, uh, finger there? I don't think it affected yeah, him. He was fine. Well, I mean, okay. they lost six two, but it yeah. was it didn't he didn't look hampered or anything like that. Okay. Okay. No, I just you know I'm, I'm I love your guys' show and everything. I just wanted to find out if he was okay because I didn't hear any news on that. So, uh, but I'm pretty. I'm still hopeful, but uh, you know I'll I'll support the Oilers until the end. So. Okay. Thanks, Raymond. Okay. Appreciate Thank it. You. Thank Clef you. Clef bomb. Twenty-one minutes tonight. Five shots on goal. Minus two.
as you would expect there to be several players with a minus tonight after a 6-2 loss. Zach Cassian, the only Oiler who was plus. He found a way to be plus one in the game. He's in the dressing room staring the guys down like, hey, I did my job, guys. No, just kidding. No, I don't think he's doing No, he's that. not. Well, there was well, actually... joking. There's one guy on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, well, I guess with all the power play goals, there yeah. would be, yeah. Nikita Zaitsev. How do you say it? Zaitsev. Zaitsev. He was minus today in a 6-2 victory. He's feeling shame. <laughs> no, he probably no, he's isn't. Pretty, he's probably he, excited. He probably isn't. I'm sure he feels fine. 6-2 Toronto rolling over the Oilers tonight. Who's in goal tomorrow, do you think? Oh, easy. Koskinen. He's their goalie. He, I mean, uh, they signed him. He's got three more years. They're going to try and... Um, I mean, he's going to get on a run here, or the Oilers aren't going to make the playoffs. It's, well, it's, even if he gets on a run, they probably True, make but I, I'm, I'm, I'm glass quarter full right now, okay? So I'm still they trying. they got to go uh, probably 16-3. and three. That's what we're looking at. Yeah. That's tough. <laughs> but yeah, it's not going to be easy. But what... I mean, we will be dancing in the streets if they do. Brad Malone. Threw himself out of the game. <laughs> Refs told him to come back. What did you think of that hit on Dermott in the third? Well, first of all, Brad Malone left the game once because he was injured. Well, and he, like, he could barely get down right, the hallway. I didn't think he was going to come back no, for like, the third. Yeah. They showed him leaving the ice. He had two guys carrying him. Oh, I mean, Malone's gone. Then all of a sudden, Malone's on the ice. He hits a guy. To me, it was a penalty. But it, that's all it was, was a two-minute penalty. and I and, Which and they didn't call. They didn't call. Um, Dermott, he, he, he was injured. And it looked like something serious the way he left. Wrist, shoulder, clavicle, something like that. I don't know how. I think possibly when the jolt from behind because he was unexpected. Because he didn't hit the board. No, and he didn't hit hard. the ice that hard either. So I think I think he just got jolt. I think it was just one the of those he ones. He landed on his arm. I, I think it might have actually been just the hit from behind. I think it was just um, a freak freak injury, and it's unfortunate in a, in a game that was over at that point that uh, a player leaves the game with a serious injury, but. Yeah, he did not look good yeah, getting up. They've said it's a shoulder injury. Yeah, I think I think it was from the hit, and oh, it's just too bad. Week to week, Leafs are saying, so that's not good. No, it's not. Hopefully he's back in time for the playoffs. 6-2, Toronto wins it tonight. We have Travis standing by. Hey, Travis, go ahead. Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to mention uh, there's three players that I think the Oilers should try to go after. One would be Jason Zucker. His contract becomes uh, locked up a little tighter after, uh, I think, July 1st or whatever. And he's had a decent cap. He'd be awesome with McDavid. Then JT Miller, after uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, they do their run this year. Uh, they're going to have to pay Braden points. And I don't think that uh, they'll have the cap space. I think yep. they'll want to move him yep. before his contract gets locked up. And then also, he'd be good with dry settle, but also Brett Pesci. And I think we could move Sakara in the summer and move all the other players that are their contracts are up and then move a few assets. Okay, you, like, you, um, you think we can move Sakara how? I th- he's got to know. He's got to uh, know. Move too, Travis. Yes, but it also it's he has to put up ten teams July first. Am I not right? Yes, fair enough. But you're also and you talk to him about that and say, listen, we need to move you. We need to make this team better. It's not working. Uh, maybe talk to Minnesota and say, here's our first round pick this year, and we'll uh, you take Sakara and and we'll take Zucker. Yeah, but now you're giving up uh, a first round pick, and it's going to be a fairly high first round pick. Yeah, that's what I mean, and it's going to be valuable. Yeah, it's like, going to be valuable to to get. So you're giving up a first round pick, and you get for for Zucker. How's our first few first rounders doing right now? <laughs> well, they, like, McDa- McDavid, time? Nugent Hopkins, Drysaddle, Nurse, and Clefbaum are all doing yes, good. But I mean, the newest ones. Look at how long it takes to develop them. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like, going to take time. Wait around. Well, you might have to. I I don't know, uh, honestly. And you've got to talk someone into taking Zucker's contract. I, I've always liked Zucker a lot, though. He can play. 
Pardon? He can, he can play. Well, I think he can but play, but he's... only two years left, and I think they, you know, Minnesota's on the way to a rebuild. I'll even jam Yamamoto at him. And they, that in the first to take Sakara, and we get Zucker. Well, I, I, I've, I've liked I've liked Zucker as a I like Zucker as a too, player for sure. But I, I still think you're going to have a hard time getting rid of Sakura's contract after two serious injuries, and he's a third pairing defenseman on a team yeah. that's going to miss the playoffs by a number of points. Yeah. Those are, those are those are those are interesting suggestions, though, Travis. For I, sure, I'd love Zucker on the team, though. Absolutely. Yeah. JT Miller, Zucker, and Pesci. Look it up. Look it over. See if it works. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. That is Travis, 780-496-0063. 6-2 Maple Leafs over the Oilers tonight. We'll take a quick timeout. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 6.30 chair. Oilers lose 6-2 to the Maple Leafs, though it started well for the Oilers. Leon Dreisaitl scored a brilliant goal for his 39th of the season. Here he is. I hope some of my goals to be in a playoff spot, obviously, but um, I mean, you know, I'm confident right now, obviously, and then, um, you know, they've been going in for me, but uh, again, it's, it's not about me, you know, this is a, a team sport, and, and um, you know, I want to win hockey games, and I want to make the playoffs, so um, you know, like I said, I'd rather I'd rather give some some of my goals up than um, you know having them and, and, and not making the playoffs. Second period, just uh, your first period. What, what sort of change did you think kind of in period number two? Uh, too many little mistakes. Um, you know, obviously we had a really good, really good first, and then if you if you have too many little mistakes against this team, they'll all, clearly they'll they'll take full advantage of that and. Um, yeah, that's that's what they did tonight. Uh, Leon, does it help from a team perspective that you guys are back in action tomorrow night, not necessarily sitting on this loss? Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, you know, you get to go right back at it and and, and um, you know come try and try and come out on top. And um, you know, that's that's the great thing about hockey. And um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll go back at it tomorrow and, and try and get a win. <laughs> that is Leon Dreisaitl, 39 goals on the year. 19 games left, so definitely with a shot at 50. So, I mean, the Oilers could have a 50-goal score and potentially miss the playoffs by double digits. They could have a 50-goal score and 200-point getters and miss And the another player with uh, over 60 well, points it, with Nuge. To me, this really what says the most about the Edmonton Oilers this year. Their three best players are all going to finish with career years. Yeah. Their three best players are all going to have career years in a season that they possibly could be going into tomorrow's game nine points out of a playoff spot. Yeah. And that, I mean, and we talk about, yeah, you know what? Connor has missed checks. Leon has missed checks. Everyone does. They're not, they're not perfect, but it's that they're not the well, problem. Sidney Crosby's missed checks. Tavares has missed checks. I mean, people make mistakes. It, it happens all the time. You just can't focus too much on it. you got to be able to, they've got to be, as, as Craig McTavish, you got to have more positives than negatives in your game. They certainly do. But, I mean, their three best players are going to have career years, and it's going to be a really, really off season for the Edmonton Oilers. Prab on the line. Go ahead, Prab. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for letting me call in. Um, I just agree with a lot of the sentiments you guys have been saying about how the next GM needs to be patient and creative. And I think something that kind of backs that up is if you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning and a couple of years back when the North Fork Admirals or AHL team was on a 28-game winning streak, who are the players on that team? It was Tyler Johnson, Andre Palat, 
uh, uh, Kalorn. These guys were young guys. They were 20, 21 years old, and yet they weren't rushed into the NHL. And they bid their time. They spent about a good season, and or, or even up to two seasons in the AHL. And, and they were kind of given a graduated responsibility up into the NHL. And they, they you know, I think the biggest thing was is that uh, they weren't given that, that role. And I think when you look at guys like Tyler Benson, Cooper Morody, and, and Kyler Yamamoto, I agree with you, Rod. I think it's going to be at least a season where they can come up from the NHL. And the second point I'll make is the Edmonton Oilers have to make a count when it comes to that their first-round pick this year. It's going to be a top-10, probably a top-five pick. They have to get an impactful player uh, because otherwise they need more talent to surround these guys with Connor McDavid and Dry Settle and Nuge. Um, yeah. and, and I think ultimately um, it's going to be hard to ship away some of these assets. You're not going to get really much in return. And the cap is going to, of course, limit uh, limit this organization. So, honestly, they're just going to have to be really patient. They're going to have to take their time. And uh, they're going to hopefully have to hope for some diamonds in the rocks. Yeah, well, you're right. And it's funny, the, the one caller just called and named the three players that he wanted, Miller, Pesci, and... Zucker. Zucker, we just looked up. That's $14 million, over $14 million in contracts for over four more years. The Oilers don't, I mean, even getting rid of Sekra's contract, that's still $10 million for the other two players. The Oilers don't have that room. They just don't. Um, great points on, on the, the it, as you read, you just looked up when Norfolk won. Yep. Was it how many years ago? Seven years Seven ago. Seven years ago, and those players. I mean, they've been in. They yeah, didn't just no, come up no, the but they this year, but they didn't come up right the year after. No, they yeah. came up at the right time. Uh, the Oilers, I mean, and this is an interesting one for me too, Reed. And, and you and I have no idea. This is a, and again, it's going to be another big draft for the Oilers when you're a team that's trying to build. You, and, and Keith Gretzky has talked about building through the draft. And new, will the Oilers have a new GM in place before the draft? Will he have a say in which player they choose? Well, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I do too, but. It, it's not a sure thing. What if the what if everyone's talking? Uh, what's the guy's name? Okay, so and, let's pick Kelly McCrimmon. Exactly. And Vegas goes. To Vegas the, goes so to the finals. finals. So all of us two weeks before the draft. So yeah. yeah. And then I mean, at that point, you could offer that he might say no. So you waited all that time to find out no. Now all of a sudden you're going through other other scenarios. So uh, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I know that last year it was or well when Shirelli was hired, it was quickly after this. No. Well, they won the lottery. That was and it. And then they decided, and then he became available, and then they hired him. Yeah. So, I, I don't know when they, they're going to... That be- year, they were looking for a coach. They weren't looking for a GM. But then they moved McTavish out and brought in Shirelli. So that, that- was a little different. Yeah. I, I don't know which, well, how it's That when- was the year Nelson finished, and then they hired, and then McClellan came as the coach hired by Shirelli. Yeah. This well, year, I think... I mean, we don't we don't think Hitch is going to be... Back. No, I don't think so. No. And, and, I, and I don't think Keith will be will be the GM either. 848, Oilers lose 6-2 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Our adjustment of the game for tomorrow against the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts you, a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. They need to adjust pretty much everything for tomorrow's game against the Ottawa Senators. We'll take a quick timeout. Ron is up next on the phone lines. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chat. Appreciate you joining us tonight. Toronto all over the Oilers. 6-2 is the final. Two games going on right now. Blackhawks and Ducks scoreless late in the first. Avalanche lead the Canucks 2-1 in the middle of the second period. We'll get a couple more calls in here. We have Ron on line six. Go ahead, Ron. Hello. Yes. Um... I'm just curious about something. 
Um, I don't think the Oilers are going to get much better until they can get rid of that $6 million contract. Uh, number 27? Lucic, okay. Because uh, they have no cap space until his contract is up. Well, that's a very good point, and he's difficult to move like we were talking about earlier. Uh, we threw out the idea there. Could could he make himself available? Could it be agreeable to making himself available to Seattle when they come into the league? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had a year and a half where he was the Milan Lucic that you thought you were getting, and now it's going to be a year and a half where you get a guy that rarely scores. So there you go. Brandon on line one. Go ahead, Brandon. It was uh, just speaking of Lucic here. That's what I was calling. Uh, just a creative way of maybe getting rid of him in the off season. And let me know if I'm out to out to lunch here. But I was thinking Ottawa will need to get to the cap floor next year. They got no one really to sign, and lots lots of young guys and entry level contracts. What is what's the uh, the possibility of you send Lucic to Ottawa? He's got to agree to go. He, no, no. But Brandon's okay, saying just, if if he agrees to go. Yeah, just hold on a second here. Yeah. It involves three teams. So Lucic goes to, you send Lucic to Ottawa and a second-round pick. Um, Ottawa retains three, four million dollars of the salary, and then we send them a second-round pick to do that. We get a third-round pick back, and then Lucic then goes uh, out uh, to another team, which he'd agree to, maybe Boston, a team some like that for two million dollars for the remainder of his contract. I mean, well, that's more creative than most of. I mean, I don't know. He, he, I think he would. I think he would want to be on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you use Ottawa, and you use another team where you think he he would agree to. Where's his destinations where he'd go? And if it's want to be the West Coast, then that's fine. You just use kind of Ottawa to launder some of his contract, you know, and then uh, and then he, you're getting Lucic for the remainder of his four years at two million dollars and Ottawa can can afford to eat that right just give him an incentive of a of a higher draft pick it would probably have to be something like that for him to be moved because I don't think you're going to trade him one for one for a player and he's not going to accept a trade to a team like that unless he's going elsewhere yeah well right you're you're saying the team the team that winds up getting him is paying him two million dollars probably to be on the fourth line because that's what he's been playing like exactly but then they're only paying him two million dollars Ottawa's eating $4 million of his contract, and you're sending him a draft pick. Well, I mean, the one thing that we've talked about at the top of the show, whatever GM comes into this team has got to be creative. That's the only way the Oilers are going to get out of the mess they have in contracts. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, you well, know that's what? a good point. Hey, actually, Because we're, we're saying how hard it's going to be, but if the guy just comes in and says, I can't do anything, yeah, what's he's this, not going to be much What's that better. dude's name that just called in? That was Brandon. Brandon should apply. <laughs> well, Brandon should call back. He should apply. That was Either a good call. GM. That was a good call with some creativity on how to fix some problems. All right. Uh, if you're on hold, we'll get you in tomorrow. we got to wrap her up here for uh, 9 o'clock. Not a good night for the Oilers. The Leafs get five goals in a span of 10.07 and go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 6-2. You can get more on 630Ched.com. We're back tomorrow, 4 o'clock face-off show. Game at 5.30. The Oilers will be taking on the Ottawa Senators. Thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. You've been listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Thank you very much for tuning in. Talk to you soon.
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.